Pod. Welcome back, everyone, to the Podsham Pod. Back on opposite sides of the country. How you doing, Drew? Doing pretty well. Mike sounds good. I think it gets a little bit more utility each episode. Let's run yeah. it. Yeah. So we're kind of, you know, the the off season with a couple major dominoes, notwithstanding, and Donovan Mitchell and Kevin Durant is pretty much drawn to a close. Summer league is wrapping up. So it's already kind of time to look ahead to next season, but with the dominoes of Kevin Durant and Donovan Mitchell still kind of hanging in the balance, I was thinking about how for this upcoming season, I'm excited about how many superstars I think have a chance for revenge tours. And I feel like it's an inordinate number based on most seasons. So Just at the open here, I'm going to run through 10 guys who I think have the potential for, or the potentials out there for a major bounce back storyline type of season, all of them, all NBA uh, caliber. And we'll just see how Drew reacts. I want to see if he agrees with me, if he thinks um, some of these are a bit of a stretch or if any of these strike a particular chord. So the superstar revenge tour, I'm going to start with LeBron. LeBron James, he doesn't have much left to prove unless he really wants to go for the undisputed GOAT, which is pretty unlikely at this point. He would need a couple more championships, which with this current Lakers roster just doesn't seem that likely. But especially if they trade for Kyrie, uh, he could be vaulted right back into contention again. If he's still playing with Russell Westbrook, it's probably just about going for Kareem's scoring title. But he's still out there to prove that he's one of the best in the game and to just try to get himself back into the playoffs again. I don't know how much that one resonates with you. Um, well, the first face that came to mind was Bobby Marks, who had the gall on ESPN <laughs> to say a few days ago. I mean, I guess I guess it was a slow news morning, but he really said this week that he has staff at number two, which just blows my mind because he's doesn't Bobby Marks doesn't seem like a very emotional actor to me. He's a, he's a, he's a numbers guy. He's a data guy. He's a master of the CBA. Like I couldn't believe that a guy who dedicates as many hours of his life to studying the NBA as, as Bobby Marks does yeah. <laughs> that, that, that staff is above LeBron now. I mean, I was even offended, but much more understanding of the Steph over Durant argument. Like I, I still think just cause they played together in their primes and it was so clearly Katie was the best player on the, on the Warriors um, 17, 18 teams that like, come on, we can't say Steph's better than KD, even if he's a much better teammate, better business partners, Brusillo would say all those things. Yeah. But yes. In short, I think LeBron has, if he's, he's always looking for the fire and there are some fires that have been lit and you, that guy only needs a spark. Um, today, the Drew League, you know, <laughs> Twitter trending, LeBron, LeBron clearly doesn't want to be, um, in, in the periphery of the, of the, ba- of the NBA culture. Like he wants to be back at the top of the mountain and you know, he, he's already, he already brought it back once in 2020. And I think like, this is the philosophy you always stick to. And, and I respect it. It's like, let's let LeBron show us that he's truly done before yeah. we, before, because it's a journey into the darkness with him in terms of just like the age and how good he still is. He wasn't the problem with the Lakers last year. God, I want LeBron. I want LeBron to just give us like one more 2020 reminder. Yeah. Whether he wins it all or not, just to have them in the mix, whether it's 
Kyrie gets there. Um, AD has, you know, AD reemerges. Finally, you know, we get the AD that we miss. But yeah, Yeah. big year year for LeBron. Yeah, well, on that note, AD also on my list, um, trying to kind of recapture his career trajectory as like the next Kevin Garnett, next Tim Duncan, um, which a lot of people were kind of hailing him as as the next great power forward. And he's probably more talented than either of those guys. It's just the mental aspect, which isn't quite there. But I mean, going back to that bubble run where he was, he looked like a top three player in the league in those playoffs and the past two seasons, he just hasn't been up to that standard at all. And that might be an anomaly, that bubble run, but even still, he hasn't even lived up to the level of where he was at in new Orleans the past couple of years. And I kind of just refuse to believe that someone who's, I don't even know if he's 30 yet. He might just be 29 has just fallen off. Oh, he's, he's, I think he's 28. Yeah. 28. Oh, no, no, he, he just turned 29. Sorry. Yeah. I refuse to believe that he's just fallen off and is out of his prime already. Like that just yeah. doesn't make sense. So apparently he's working with a shooting coach. He's posting a lot of videos on social media. I don't know if that's necessarily the best thing. He definitely seems like he, he needs <laughs> one, the approval. One of the- one of the worst promotional like like highlight workout highlight tapes I've ever seen. Just yeah. like like the 15 seconds of him just like slowly stepping into threes at a snail's pace. Like yeah. like <laughs> if those weren't going in, I'd be worried. But and it's all because he got bullied for saying that he hadn't touched a basketball in two months. <laughs> yeah. Um you you started you started that one out, the AD segment out with mentioning that like he still has a chance maybe 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 i misinterpreted you but he still has a chance to be in the garnett duncan conversation yeah i i really feel like that window is closed he's 29 now um even even in the bubble even at like his peak we were saying that like he's the perfect number two guy uh garnett and duncan were the best players on contenders and like tone setters and they led in very different ways, but Garnett and Duncan just like galvanized teammates in a way that it seems like AD is just never going to be that guy. It's not his mental makeup. Uh, I think the window is closed on him being the transcendent four slash five uh, in that lineage that he obviously had the talent to um, enter. But yeah, I mean, if if anyone can get out get it out of him again, it's LeBron and who knows maybe may, like he, he he looks like he's going to end up like sort of between those guys and like a chris weber type yeah in in the in the big man uh in the big man history yeah i don't even know who else is in that group but yeah well from ad to kd who's coming off just a disastrous playoff performance which was in a four game sweep he played so badly by his standards that Going into the playoffs, he was probably the consensus best player in the league. And coming out of the playoffs, a lot of people want to take him out of the top five. And he basically dropped like a spot every game as <laughs> in the in the NBA player ranking. So along with his trade request, who knows if that's going to be resolved before the season. It seems like at this point with, with Aiton going back to Phoenix and there, that trade option to kind of drying out and Miami just not having the assets to really get it done. And it seems like the most likely option is he just runs it back in Brooklyn. Um, but he's going to be out to prove that he's, he still thinks he's the best player in the league and that he's not sort of on the decline. Drew, I know that playoff series hit you particularly hard with your opinion of him, but yeah. Yeah. I'm sort of like, I'm sort of like the best friend 
of someone who got hurt by him. You know, like like I have my Nets fan homies that were just like so hurt by by like KD's mentally checking out of that series. Uh he's turning 34 on September 29th. It's gonna be 34 on opening night. And I know that he's a top 10 asset in the league because of the contract, the years remaining. But he definitely has a revenge tour on his hands if he if he wants to go and get it, because there's a lot of there's a lot of discussion, a lot of um disagreement over his over what exactly his trade value is. Do you get do you get the premier blue chip young guy and you know the bevy of picks? Do you do you only get like the AD picks? Um, I guess eight, but the AD trade did include a lot of young talent as well. Um, but yeah, I think just the fact that we are quite literally being forced to consider like what is Kevin Durant worth right now on this contract turning 34 before the 22, 23 season starts. I think that he's probably wants to come back and prove to people that, yeah, he's better than Jason Tatum. He's better than these young up and comers and that with the right supporting cast with a big enough roster around him. He can still be um, the guy that we thought he was entering the playoffs. Yeah. This next guy might be number one in the revenge tour rankings. If I was positive that he felt revenge and human feelings, but Kawhi Leonard has <laughs> not played yeah. basketball in over a year. Um, last time we saw him, he was leading a very dangerous looking Clippers team that beat the jazz with him out and then forced the Suns to six games also with him out and they're kind of once again the darling championship pick going into the season as they were the first year that they got Kawhi and Paul George and then flamed out miserably against the Nuggets but I mean when Kawhi got hurt he was in the discussion for best player in the NBA if he goes on to win the championship this year he'll kind of join LeBron in the championships with three different teams as the best player category and we've also we've also got the spinoff on the Kawhi Revenge Tour TV show with the the John Wall Revenge Tour. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know he's I know he's right behind Kawhi and LeBron and KD on your list. Yeah, you know he's down a couple notches, a couple pages maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, the question is like what I was going to ask you actually after we finish this, so spoil. But I was going to ask like who in reality do you think feels the most fire? Like I've got to remind people who I am. Like it's, you can always pencil LeBron into that conversation just because he thinks he clearly thinks so much about his legacy and just like getting the respect that he deserves. I have no idea what, what Kawhi wants in terms of legacy. If he really gives a shit, if he's as cool as a cucumber, as he lets off. All I know is like, if we don't get like a nice like conference finals or finals run out of this season and Kawhi is healthy, there's going to be a Steve Ballmer revenge tour in 2020. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, but the, the Clippers are that, that would be the Clippers based on the odds I've seen in Vegas would probably be my favorite, like uh champion bet just because yeah. like if, you know, if, if even remotely healthy, they just have so much wing talent, like so, so many guys that can provide, uh, things that are especially valuable in the playoffs now as they've yeah. just like stockpiled size and, and good defenders. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, there's, as you said, I don't know who cares about this the most. I just think that there's so many possible revenge tours that it makes me very excited for next season. Cause at least yeah. some of them are going to hit and at least they'll be interesting to watch. Um, my next one, this is another guy who just might not care about this, 
but I think Jokic should sort of feel like he needs to have a little bit of revenge. He's interesting. A, yeah, he's a Did little not expect bit. This one. Yeah, well, he's a little bit in a similar spot to like Giannis right before he won the championship, where he'd won back-to-back MVPs and he came back with another MVP caliber season, and voters like uh, voted Jokic because they were like, we're not going to give three MVPs in a row to a guy who has never made it to the finals. Yeah. Um, obviously Jokic last team, last year, his team was absolutely decimated with injuries. So I think he should be out to prove that with a functioning, a functioning, healthy team around him, he can lift a team to championship status and that, you know, I mean, he's had really good postseason success, but I think there's probably, there is a feeling among sort of less plugged in NBA fans that he's maybe a less deserving MVP, or it's just sort of because of nerds that he wins MVP. Um, Mm -hmm. And I could see him feeling some motivation to kind of take that next step into late postseason dominance, which, I mean, he's been really good in the postseason, but hasn't quite pushed all the way through yet. Yeah. And he obviously gets a pass on, you know, losing in the first round last year. Like he just didn't have the healthy roster around him, but we're back to a season where, God willing, you know, Murray and Porter are around for the long haul. This is like, we can go back to now asking all these hard questions about like just where Jokic is in that top three or four guys in the league um, because the talent is supposedly healthy again. And so it's, it's another year to take the Nuggets seriously as a contender. And yeah, I'm excited to going back to not just seeing Jokic like have the best regular season, but also like how far can he take a team that has the talent when he's the best guy? Yeah. And with the way that some of the, well, the West is so weird with some of the teams. Cause like the Warriors and Clippers both thrive being small. Yeah. And then the Grizzlies and Timberwolves are kind of on the bigger side or more physical side. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, a lot will just depend on matchups. I think, I think, playoffs go. but the reason I didn't expect Jokic to be on this list it's just I thought he showed enough in that round one against the Warriors without much around, which without many much help. He just like they won a game, they lost it in five, but it was competitive. It wasn't just like a complete blowout. Um, and you know, he mesmerized Draymond. Draymond went on his podcast and just talked about like how how incredible it is trying to like handle a guy that can do all the things Jokic can. Um, yeah. and and no one really causes Draymond major issues. Uh that that was kind of like I that's why I, I was so hard on KD because I was looking at a similar situation in the East, like a superstar MVP candidate who didn't have sufficient talent around him, mm-hmm. who like Jokic just was more engaged, looked like there was more there he he brought more pride to that series, knowing full well that he wasn't gonna beat the Warriors, whether they were the future title title team or not. Um he just he looked like more of a superstar leader than KD. So I don't I don't know I but but I think if he has the mental to become like the lead hall of fame legend, we all think he is, then he's certainly thinking like, I got to get my revenge. Now people have forgotten who I am. Yeah. And again, he might not be wired that way. He might just kind of be chill to just kind of do his own thing and thrive yeah. in the team concept. But I mean, just- I think right now he's probably like dancing, whatever the Serbian horror is like yeah. on the farm, but he'll be back ready to go. Yeah. All right. Next one's a twofer Harden and Embiid. Um, oh, okay. So disappointing playoff exit, I'd say, for the Sixers, even though they lost to a higher seed in Miami. But it just sucks that... So winnable. So winnable. Yes, very winnable. And it just sucks that Embiid seems to have some sort of freak injury every playoffs. 
Um, and it's not even always the same thing. This year he had two torn thumb ligament and orbital fracture. I don't know that many people who have had two orbital fractures in their career, but he's had two. Um, they probably should have closed out the Toronto series a little earlier, and then he wouldn't have had to be out there when they were up 3-2 in a game six uh, to get elbowed in the face by Siakam. But it's it's just an unfortunate and annoying as an NBA fan that we haven't gotten him healthy deep into the playoffs. And then he also, you know, should feel pissed off that he didn't win the MVP. Uh, I think I'm a little, I hope he doesn't feel like he was wronged because he just didn't win the MVP because he wasn't as good as Jokic. Like he should feel like he has to be even better than he's been to this point. So I hope he comes with that fire and James Harden, who knows, like he, he, there's a lot of videos of him training out there. He's saying all the right things. He took a tremendous pay cut, um, in a way that you don't see a lot of NBA players take in the off season on their contracts. So both of those guys, you know, have the potential to, to take another step and that team is a lot deeper now too. So I'm very interested to see how they look next year. Yeah. And if you are playing devil's advocate or trying to fire up Embiid, who seems to respond well to brutal honesty, you're saying, look, dude, you were about as good as Jokic. He had, he, it seems like most of the smart basketball people think he was a tiny bit better than you in the regular season. And then, you know, Harden was a shell, but like you still went into the playoffs and didn't do enough to prove that like you're the better playoff guy than Jokic. So like the ta- his, his talent is through the roof. We're doing a contract draft basically after this. We're going to draft like the guys that make up like $150 million teams of the best contracts in our opinions and like and beads in the mix for that but if you're telling me that it's to win next year i'm just i'm scared that i won't have him for a full playoffs or that i'll have yeah. Embiid at 72 percent, as simmons would say you know yeah deep in the playoffs uh so yeah like i i, I love Embiid, the guy like i believe in him as a leader like i think that he's like just like an unbelievable guy to have leading your franchise and he's worth every dollar of the max they're the super max they're paying him but we need a full playoffs of that dude at a hundred percent. And it's yeah. good. It's just like, it's shaping up to be like a really interesting and difficult legacy to evaluate Yeah, because he, because he hasn't flopped on a big stage, but he also hasn't delivered the like cosmic breakout that, that all Joel Embiid fans are ready to see. So hopefully that's yeah. 2023. Yeah, no, there's just, there's a lot of playoffs where it's like, there was one year where there are no duds, you know? Yeah. You know, the Sixers beat the crap out of like the nets or the heat as a low seed. Yeah. And then in like a meaningless moment, Embiid broke his orbital bone and then they had to go play the Celtics and he was like, not quite himself. And they lost yeah. in a series they could have won. And then like against the Raptors, he was sort of playing on a bit of a bum knee against the Hawks last year. He was playing with a torn meniscus, like, yeah. All, it's just, and also though, I think the world needs a Embiid Giannis yeah. playoff series, which we just haven't got. That's like a Godzilla, you know, just super, yeah, su- superhuman battle. Um, totally. So we need that. And the last two are health related, both. Um, don't don't make me tap my wrist. Don't don't make me touch the watch. I don't have. I'm waiting you're for. Gonna lo- you're gonna love one of these and hate one of these. Uh, okay. Zion and Dame. Oh God! Don't put uh, back the same. <laughs> that's the old. That's the old gut punch with a bouquet of roses for you. Um, both these guys, uh, Zion didn't play a single game last year. Dame 
probably shouldn't have played a single game yeah. last year based on how he did play in the games that he played. Um, both coming back to teams sort of on the, on the playoff fringes, I would say. Um, they'll probably be competing in that six to nine sort of range or five to nine sort of range in the West. Um, Zion trying to prove that he's still on an all NBA trajectory all, or he's already made an all NBA team, but, yeah. uh, and he's an getting time and he's getting paid all NBA money. Exactly. Um, well not yet, actually he has to make another all NBA team to, for that to kick in. But, okay. Sorry. Um, he's making, he's making more money than a lot of guys who make all NBA teams. That is true. Um, and then Dame, who's, you know, uh, he's been a, lurking around that top 10 for a long time. And uh, he had a pretty down year last year, but it seems like that was mostly due to this core injury that he had, which is hopefully healed. So he's looking to prove that his prime isn't over and he's still got a lot of good years left, which the Blazers certainly hope, seeing as they paid him a whole lot of money for the next uh, four years. Yep. And yeah, Zion's looking to prove that he can sort of take that next leap into, into superstardom from, from where he is right now, which is more of like a, a highlight guy, I'd say. Right. Or a guy who just doesn't play that much. Um, but both of those guys are kind of all NBA level talents who we just haven't seen play in a while. Yeah. Uh, according to Haynes and like the guys around the Blazers who Dame and his people talk to, like Dame is back. Uh, he's going to have another vintage year, sort of like how Curry came back from his injuries and once the warriors were relevant again like we want the we want the dame version of that obviously like we don't have a dynast a warriors dynasty to like renaissance on the way but um just getting dame back to like second team all nba would be awesome and it would make it a really fun year for blazers fans and you know time will tell whether whether his body if if he has it in him he's going to make it happen because mentally he's elite um as for zion like just prove to me that you're a better trade asset than Brandon Ingram. Because if I were Brandon Ingram and I'm listening to these trade talks or the Kevin Durant trade discussions and the Pelicans being one of the prime candidates to make a move there, I'm thinking like, I played a lot of games the last few years. Like I filled the stat sheet and even proved that I contribute to some winning. I got my team to the play in. Um, we were a fun story. I can score. My facilitation is incredibly underrated or I hope rated. And, mm -hmm. um, and, and, and so like, yeah, Zion, Zion, it just, there isn't much substance on the Zion side of things. And he needs to reestablish himself as the centerpiece of the Pelicans future, because I know that if I'm in Brandon Ingram's camp, I'm kind of annoyed by like the amount of publicity that Zion gets as like, you know, the face of the franchise for how, mm -hmm for the 85 games he's given them in total. Yeah. Yeah. Well, those are the 10 guys I had. Did, do you think there's anyone I missed or do you agree with that list? Um, yeah. I mean, John Wall. No, uh, <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think um, there's a bit of a Clay Thompson revenge tour. Yeah. Um, I don't even know if it's a, I feel like he's, I feel like he's just like, yeah. yeah, it's like loose and free. It's, I think he'll play very free yes. next year. Exactly. He, he is so selfless so about winning that like he looked like if, if you did, had no idea how the games went you he could have been like the play the finals mvp the way he was celebrating with his team mm -hmm. but i i know deep in the bowels of his soul that he doesn't like the way he played in that finals or at least the way he shot yeah his defense improved um as the playoffs went on but mm -hmm. yeah just like clay's making 40 million dollars next year 
and he didn't play like a $40 million guy in the playoffs. Um, but he was still, he was still an important piece of their run. I'd be interested to see like, can clay get back to all-star or just like championship role player status? Like bona, yeah, like bona fide three and D like God status. And Mm. then, you know, nothing would make me happier than to see a Julius Randall revenge tour. If, uh, (laughs) If one of those uh, yeah. could be in the works, maybe. Yes, some questions to answer. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but I think that just about covers it.